0: It's the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, the show all about church communications and digital ministry. Come hang out with us. All right. all right. Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. As And with me, as always, is, as always. is Megan Ranson, also known as Megatron.
1: Formerly known as Megatron. Formerly, I just gave my Xbox away. What t- to my nephew?
0: Oh, I that know. was
1: nice. It was a sad parting, but it's better for my marriage this way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you the one that played the Xbox though? Is that-
1: yes, I'm the one that plays the Xbox, and I have a very addict, like addict-prone personality. So okay, when I'm that. on this, when I'm playing, like I'm playing till like 2 a.m., and I'm, it's hard for me to stop, and then. It's just not wow. good for my marriage, you know? Yeah,
0: I get <laughs> it's <just> that. Not. <laughs> uh, I get that as I think back to my entire station of four to four five to six different game consoles that are all hooked up and run through a switcher in my living room right now.
1: Oh, my gosh. It but... sounds like, that sounds glorious. Listen, if I was single <laughs> and I didn't have a family um, and or or if I had more self-control. Yeah. I'd be all over it, but I just don't have that. So Well, this is boundaries. interesting.
0: I didn't know I didn't know that about you. So tell me this, um what is your game then? What's what kind of games are you into? Are you into the multiplayer first-person shooters, role-player games? Multiplayer
1: multiplayer shooting games. COD specifically is my Really? Is my jam. Black Ops is my favorite version. Oh my gosh. I love <laughs> Had Black no
0: Ops. no idea.
1: Yes. Really? Modern Warfare is pretty good too, but Black Ops is my jam.
0: Okay. I've played a little Ghost Recon. I've never I've played a little Call of Duty, but I'm not into those as much. I'm a gamer too, but I'm a RPG action gamer. Like I love Batman, okay. Arkham Knights, and yeah. on a PS4. I have a PS4 and that's kind of my main. I like games like Mass Effect, Batman, um, Star Wars games. I still play I my- never
1: got into those. Never got into like the live action stuff. I I do like racing games too though.
0: Do you do you play any yeah. of um, oh what's the one with the soccer and it's and it's also racing um, no uh, oh man it. what's it called It's went blank my son plays it all the time somebody out Was- there listening is going I'm so frustrated that Seth doesn't know this
1: <laughs> no you know this
0: it's it's like soccer but with race do cars you, do
1: you remember Monkey Ball
0: I vaguely do I don't think I played that one
1: from back in the day oh I loved Monkey Ball in high school. Really? That was like, oh my gosh, I loved that game. I would play that game for hours with my friends.
0: Well, do you play the games where you have to like get online and team up? Yes. Make that's what I
1: do with, that's what I do with COD. That's yeah. like my favorite part.
0: So you have teams that you, you get It's with, collaborative. Yeah. You yeah. get with other people that you know, like on a regular basis and play
1: mm-hmm. or did. Yep. Oh, wow. And my favorite part is I would just like get on there and like kill everyone. And I would be silent the whole time until I'm like, you know, getting awards and trophies and top dogs and then i will be like oh man i'm so sorry and people would be like oh, it's a girl oh. and they're all like 12 yeah so it was
0: that's it was hilarious i
1: really love shocking people with my gender
0: that is hilarious and that's truly a a trope of of gaming is that when the girl reveals it's a girl gamer especially one that yeah. just trashed you everybody goes crazy yeah. um that that's actually interesting because today we're talking about teams uh, oh, building, hey, how perfect. Building teams. I had no idea. That was not planned, guys. Uh, we did not plan that <laughs> conversation. I was just like, that just works. Okay, let's go with it. Um, we're talking about teams today and building teams. Last week, we talked about, on our last episode, um, just about your first 100 days and, and building teams and volunteer teams for communications was a big part of that. So today, we want to talk about some of those teams and how to build them, what kind of things, especially a photography team, we really need a good photography team. That can be your social media team that could also help. You could also have your, uh, your writing team, your blogger team. Um, so kind of in the sense of photography, blogger team, social media team, we wanna cover those today and kind of how to really, especially the photography team, um, build that out and what to do. So um, we'll get into that in just a second, uh, right when we come back. Just to do the bare minimum to communicate well in the church is a full-time job today. However, most churches don't have the manpower, the expertise, or even the budget to hire enough people to really do it well. But ChurchCom Team helps churches communicate better both internally and externally by giving you a full team of pros for the price of one full-time employee. We manage your projects and requests, social media, website, design, email, and even coach you and your staff to communicate strategically and effectively to your community. Go to churchcomteam.com to find a plan that works for your church size and budget and book a discovery call with our team today. Regardless of your church size, you've got big vision for your community. We can help you make that happen. churchcomteam.com So the need for volunteer teams is pretty apparent in communications, right? For most of us.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially when it comes to a photography team, Mm -hmm. that's one of those genres or those, you know, niche things that is going to play into many, many aspects of your church. It's not just... You know, having pictures for social media, you're going to use them for your website. You're going to use them for promotion. You're going to use them to make series graphics, you know, like
0: flyers, posters, flyers, all the
1: things. It's just a pivotal piece to have. And you're only one person mm-hmm. um, who's going to see things one way and you can only be in one place at one time. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a, it's a, it's just a pivotal thing to have. And there's there are so many talented photographers out there that can capture really great moving art. Right. Like emotionally moving art.
0: Yeah. And, uh. I, and I've tried my hand at it. It, it is a, it is a bad hand. <laughs> um, my wife is really good at it. And so she's taught me some things that are technically good that I can make good photos, technically good photos, but the photo itself is not compelling most of the time. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's the eye of the photographer, which is why if you're not good at it and get somebody that's good, you know, that's, that's important. Yeah. I, uh, I think with, with this team, there's so many aspects to it. There's, I mean, how do you schedule, scheduling photographers, getting them trained on what to do, where you get good photos. Uh, Do they edit? Do they not edit? How do they send them in to you with these huge files? How do you store them and search through them and have them ready to go? Um, And it's, there's just so many aspects to it. So let's, let's break it down kind of from start to finish. Right.
1: Great. Let's do it. Um,
0: if if you had a perfect system going on, the first thing you want to be able to do is find these volunteers, right? You always got to be recruiting. So how do you even start recruiting volunteers? Um, I, I can tell you what I did once and you have some ideas too. Um, I started a Facebook group at one of my churches and it was just called our church photographers, you know, and that was it. And then I put out this social media post or two. Join the Facebook group if you're in, interested in photography or helping us do photography. And that alone went made us go. We had like two photographers we'd sometimes pay. And this is a big church, right? So we had multiple campuses, lots of people. Mm-hmm. And we had two. And, and uh, my wife came on with me, and she was the third. So we really didn't have a big team, and it wasn't official. And so overnight, like 30 people joined that group.
1: That's awesome. The thing I like about that too is that it creates community,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and we're going to get into this a little bit later. But one of the one of the downsides of something like a creative team, a photography team, yeah. is that there's no sense of team when you're by yourself. Um, it's it's one of those roles. It's one of those volunteer positions that they don't they aren't necessarily working with someone else. They're they're going in by themselves into a service or into an event with their camera, and taking pictures, and then delivering them to you. And yeah. so. Having a Facebook group allows them to kind of see other people and connect with other people, which is one of like the gifts of joining a team is connection. And so that gives you that.
0: And I like Facebook groups. Um, You could also do an email list, I think, and just have them email you and let you know they're interested and put them on a list that you have, Um, you know, that you
1: have like a project management tool or communication tool, like Slack, you can make them a guest on the account and give them their own project or their own channel. Right. Um, some way to integrate them so that they feel like they're a part of it.
0: And, and I like the idea of putting it in your project management tool. We used Asana at this church that I was at and I created a separate team because with Asana, you get 15 people in the team for free. And, and so I put all our photographers that we regularly use. I say 30 people join the group. We didn't use all 30 people. Some of them just like photography. It's this hobby. They had no intention of helping us out. They just like it. And that's cool, too. It's a great community system, like you said. But 10 or so of them were really into like, we want to volunteer. And I found some good ones too. Some people that were really, really good. And some people that were really beginners and had the talent, they just need to be trained. And so what I did with that group, whether you do a group, email list, whatever, I still put them in the project management so that I could assign them when tasks came up and they could get email notifications that I had asked them to join things. Um, We ran into the problem of scheduling early on and we would do things like post in the group who wants to do this, let me know. And they'd message us and it was real messy. And so, um, we started getting to where we had five to 10 photographers that we would call directly. And I still think that when you're, when you're scheduling, you may still have to do that. Um,
1: yeah.
0: before you even go, okay, I'm going to sign it to you in Asana because just because you click a button and it sent them an email doesn't mean they're, they're booked and they're going to be there, right? You got to connect. And there's
1: no sense of urgency yes. in that either. You know, yeah. Um, my first experience on a photography team was actually being on a photography team. Oh, cool. And the thing that I, I liked about the way this one, this particular one was at a church was structured was uh, they had a volunteer photographer lead the photography team. And this person mm-hmm. did all of the scheduling for all of the things. They collected it. They collected all of the content. They instead of having instead of the staff person being the one in charge and responsible for delegating and communicating the details and you know handling the distribution channels and how do you get this back to me there was a head volunteer yeah and perhaps that person was paid and everyone else was volunteer to kind of like manage all of those things they made sure when we had a baptism yeah uh, that people showed up and i was a you know an amateur photographer and but even so it was nice to have A second shooter. And so I just functioned as a second shooter, Mm
0: -hmm. but it was a
1: great opportunity for me because I got to learn how to shoot in low light. I got, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. We, we tried to identify, um, like pros and beginners and we tried to pair those two up and we tell the pro like, Hey, Megan's going to come shoot with you, meet with her, let her shadow you for just a little bit. Talk, talk shop, let her learn Mm -hmm. some things from you. And then you know, take off and go do our own thing, and then we'll, you know, meet up later and talk about it.
1: That's um, a great motivation to yeah, get people to participate. It's like we, is when it's an opportunity to learn.
0: We're recognizing you're good at this. Will you help us mentor more photographers in our church? Is basically what you're saying. And that was really empowering and exciting. So it's cool that you mentioned the second shooter. I think it's really good. Um, the thing I would say here, too, uh, you also touched on that I want to highlight is before you get into any of this, the communication director needs to understand that by no Means, should you wait for departments doing events to ask for a photographer? They will ask if they want it. But as the person who knows what you need, as far as photos go for events going on, Mm -hmm. it really is your job to schedule a photographer without being asked. Mm -hmm. And that was something I had to learn quick when I was in communications is that, People would be mad. We didn't get any photos. And I'm like, well, you didn't request it. That is, I mean, careful how I say this. (laughs) I was being lazy uh, in my job. I was being neglectful. Uh, How do I say it right? Um, Basically, I was was off putting, I was offloading my responsibility to them that I'm in charge of getting photos of your event. You're in charge of having the event, running the event uh, dreaming up the event at, and, 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 and like telling your people about it. And then I help with that too. But, um, as far as like documenting the event for websites, social, I'm the one that knows all that. I'm the one right. that should be getting that. So don't wait for people to ask for photographers. If there's a big event and you think this would be great to have for pictures of you schedule the photographer. And what happened once when I started doing that, I'll tell you this story. It was really awesome. Um, about two days before a major student event, was coming up. The student pastor came into my office and said, man, I am so sorry. I'm so, so sorry, but I forgot to ask for a photographer for the event coming up. Is there any way we can get a photographer? And I was able to go, Hey buddy, already got two showing up. And he was like, Oh my gosh, thank you. That's so great. Big win for me. Big win for our team. Um, you want to be in that position because for sure that feels good. And it makes them. Well, that's a good
1: general leadership principle. Yeah. If there's a if you see a gap, a leader fills it. Yes. Like, you know, own, do what you can with what you have. We often sit in this seat where we have a lot of responsibility, but not authority. Mm-hmm. But you can lead really well. Yes. From where you are. Okay. And that's a great example of how to do that.
0: Yeah. And it, and and that moment came because I'd had so many moments where they came into my office and asked, and I went, ugh. Okay, let me see if I can help you out. Sure. You should have, you, and then my team starts going, Oh, I should have asked for that. That should, that's on them. And finally, it was like, No, that's on us. We should have had that. That's what we do. So, anyway, that's a good mind shift for communication directors. If you're not already thinking that way, you're creating this team so that you can dis, so that you can deploy photographers to get things that you need for that ministry, which, as you can tell, makes that ministry love you for doing that. So big win. Um, so anyway, calling for talent, scheduling talent, uh, always, always kind of an issue. Um, whether you're doing email, you have a group me text message thread or something like that. Those are good ways to do it. Post it in the, in the Facebook group. Um, whatever it is that you're doing, you could use your project management if people are really good about being in there. So you have to find kind of the way that works to schedule but you're thinking ahead to schedule it and you're calling for talent um, and you're advertising because you're the communication director. So you're the easiest one to just do it and just ask for it. Um, so let's talk about training. How do you get good photos or good blogs or good social media people? Um, what are some things that you used to run a team or two, right? Then you used to run mm-hmm. some volunteer teams?
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I ran a photography team for multiple for a multi-site church. What did you do? Um, you know, well, the great thing about photo, like getting a great photography team, is usually they're really good at what they do. Yes. Um, but the only thing they're really great at, you know, composition and lighting. But the thing that they needed coaching on was the kind of shots that I was looking for. Yes. So it wasn't how to do it. I didn't need a training slide deck on this is what a high quality picture looks like. This is the where the aperture needs to be, I didn't need to handle any of those things. What I needed to show them was uh, examples of shots I was looking for. Yes. So when I say I want pictures of worship, I'm not looking for pictures of the guitar or the drums or even the or you know like or I don't know something else specific that's a little
0: Silo- less emotional. I want silhouette a worship band
1: of the worship band. Yeah, I don't want a picture of the worship band. I want a picture of like the worship leader leading worship, you know, hands raised, hands head bowed, mm-hmm. you know, so I can talk about what it looks like to worship Jesus. Or I want a picture of someone in the audience engaging in worship so that I can talk about our service that
0: upcoming weekend. Yeah. What you're describing is a shot list. Yes. You put together a shot list. Yes. Um, this is something that was new to me when I started handling photography team. I was like, just go out and get photography, get good fo- get good Get good photos. Get some good good photographies for me, and uh, and and I even gave them like here's some websites, some social media posts involving so you know photography instead of design. And I was like, these are the examples. Notice how they're and we'd break them down. And I I even had a meeting like an in person meeting to walk through a slide deck and we streamed it live into our Facebook group to show everybody. Here's what I'm expecting of you. Here's how to put someone in the third of the photo. You know, it's like beginner to greatness. And, and so that helped a little, but the examples, but then when you show up at the event, it's like, all those are great, but they still need, you need to know what is it you want from this? Yeah. And so I started putting together shot lists. I need a photo of worship from the back of the room. I need a photo of each individual worship band player, you know, up close, vertical and horizontal. Um, I need a photo of someone praying in the crowd. I need some photo of someone with the singing in the crowd and uh, they need to be smiling and not look weird. You know, and that was one of the things I just say, if it looks weird to you, it's going to look weird to other people. Um, Then, then I'd say I need lobby in the lobby. I need photos of people checking in and smiling. I need photos of the volunteers checking people in and smiling, Um,
1: shaking hands, someone shaking
0: hands, a greeter. Um, I want to see people, crossing the crosswalk crosswalk you know with the crossing guard there Um, i was just trying to think like what's happening at this event in all the different areas get a photo of the food that was there because we want to be able to show that hey next year remember the food we had last year and this great you know for a men's conference or women's conference whatever we were doing and it was just like think through the whole thing and then you save the shot list and you have it for next year
1: Wedding photographers are really great at this because they they know how to, they are thinking through capturing emotion and moments. Mm -hmm. And so a wedding photographer is going to really get what you're, what you're looking for Mm -hmm. here. Um, but, and all in all, it is nice to have that shot list just so that they know this is the kind of vibe that I'm looking for. And yeah.
0: And if you've got two photographers, they can split that up and say, I'll take the, you know the left side of the stage and shots from over there. You take right side and get these shots, and, and then, then someone's
1: up close and someone's far away.
0: Exactly, and then it's like, oh, you have a good lens for you have a, your camera is really good for in low light. So you're gonna you're gonna be our crowd shot photos because there's never any light on the crowds anymore. So mm-hmm. you're gonna be the one that hits those photos, and I'm gonna focus on the stage because mine's not as good. You know that kind of thing that the pro when there's two there a pro like a master and apprentice can be there and then they can talk about what they're going to do and you get much better photos back because they work together to their strength. We didn't
1: say this before, but I feel like this is also important to say is that when you go th- from, when you use like the pro apprentice strategy, that also really contributes to the sense of team. Yeah, it does. Because you're working with someone else. And that's really helpful. I think that's helpful for engagement and keeping someone like wanting to come back and yeah. wanting to serve again is when they can connect with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's also a benefit.
0: And, and when you're at the event too, whether they're coming to the services or whatnot, um, you may, you may find one that these teams develop and say, I really like working together with this other person and -hmm. you start just scheduling them together and they look forward to it. And the second thing is I would say for the communication director, whoever's running the team is that even if you're not shooting, if you're at the event, have a time where you meet with them and meet them there and say, hello. Like that's don't great. just send them and say, give it back, be the team lead by being visible. That's a huge part of leadership is you just need to be visible and, and accessible. And so I think that when you show up at that men's conference or at the Sunday school event or whatever it is that you've got them scheduled at, you show up and say, hello, if you can, if you can't, obviously it's understandable, but it's really cool when you can be there and go, Hey, I just want to say, you got any questions? Yeah. This right here is really great. This over here, let just, it makes them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and, for and, sure. and and that helps the, the them get better better stuff anyway. Yep. So, um shot list, good scheduling, we've covered um how to train, um giving examples of work, and then last I would say uh well, second to last, uh how do you get the photos back?
1: This is a great question, and I think this is probably one of the biggest challenges because as we all know, these photos are from a dslr camera are big you can't mm-hmm. just put them in drop in, in google Phot- or in google drive yeah. yeah or you can't just email them um we had a paid dropbox account and so we you know we're paying for storage already we just create a unique folder i send them the link to the folder they drop them in there i asked our photography team the, the route i took and i don't know what you took the route I took was don't worry about editing, the, editing them unless you really care about it, mm-hmm. but we'll edit them, edit them. One, I want to take the weight off your shoulders. You don't, that is like the majority of the work is editing them. Yeah. And I don't want you to have to bear the brunt of that responsibility. And also we're, we want all of our, our all of our edits to match and be consistent. Yeah. So I want the same person editing them. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. I think that's why, There's really three parts to this. The actual delivery, there's the editing question, and the how many should they give us question. It's always a question too. Um, And and what format. Um, If you are any kind of professional photographer, you know the difference between a JPEG and RAW. And when you have a RAW format of a photo, there's so much more data there that you can, when you make edits, it doesn't blur the photo. It doesn't pixelate the photo. You can actually take a, a photo that's really dark and make it very light without really destroying any kind of the, part of the photo. And it still looks, it looks like you took it that way. You know, it, it, it really does look better. When you have JPEGs, they're smaller, but that's because there's less information to work with. And so when you edit, it's a little bit harder to do. So if you're asking for photos, I recommend RAW. And we did Google Drive. We had a, a web a page that we set up that was password protected that, was basically a link. Once they put the password in, it would just take them to a, a Google drive folder. Oh, that's great. And so, so then
1: you paid for extra storage in there,
0: right? We just had them ha- make, they, they made their own folder in a folder called photography and they mm-hmm. had their own folder. And within that folder, they were trained to whenever they did an event, they create a new folder with a date and the title of the event. And they just dumped them all in there.
1: There are also a lot of third party photo storage services yeah. that you could use. Um, where you don't have to, you don't have to worry about the drive and the drop box and it's like specific to the photography team mm-hmm. and all of your photos are left, are in this particular, this third party storage. Yeah.
0: That's what I wish I had done. I, yeah. uh, the way I did it was okay. If you're a small outfit, you know, you don't have a ton of photos coming in or you just have one or two photographers, the Google drive Dropbox thing. It works, you know, it's, yeah. it's great. However, I would recommend doing smug mug or Flickr. That's
1: what I yeah we had that we had smug mug i was trying to think of the name i was like snap yeah no
0: <laughs> smug smug mug is and, and Flickr are great because the photographer can then upload the photos they can password protect them or put permissions on them and it uploads the the actual file the full res but you can also download like smaller versions from those two places as well so if I if you have someone that actually is editing the photos for you that's really good at editing that you like, they can upload those there and they're already edited. Now you have a couple of different versions. One's for like websites, one's for print, you know, and you can get the full res of things that you need. So those those outfits, it cost a little money to do that, but it is it's a good investment. I, I like it probably better help than you the, be
1: organized. I mean, they're photo specific. Yes. And so that's, and that's the other thing.
0: It it yeah. does have like some good search tools for, yeah. for those. Mm-hmm. Um, Google Photos has facial recognition search which is creepy weird I am like three different people in Google Photos
1: because <laughs> <laughs> I guess my, my face must change a lot I don't know
0: <laughs> there were times like what I did with our um, we when I got the photos from Google Drive this is what I used to do I would have to manually move them over to our network drive that was a photos folder and mm-hmm. I would manually organize them. And then that folder was synced with Google Photos. So it would take those photos and upload the low res, like the ones I might use for social media, mm-hmm. to Google Photos. And then I could search through Google Photos by face. So if I needed a photo of my pastor, I could go, literally go people and then click his face. And it would show me all the photos with that face in them. And I could pick one and make a social post out of it. So that was helpful for me, but you can do that with SmugMug and, and Flickr, I believe, as well. Yeah. Um, I know Smug Mug, maybe not Flickr, but I, I think it has... I don't know
1: anything about Flickr, but Smug Mug was great.
0: But if you tag those photos as you bring them in um, or have your photographers do it as they upload them each time, you tell them just four or five different tags like pastor, worship, event, students, whatever. It, it allows you to... to really be able to search photos fast because that's always an issue when you want to make things from it where do you go get photos how do you find stuff in there it's usually a big hodgepodge a big mess and this mm-hmm. keeps them organized so yep all right so that's how we would suggest getting the photos back the last thing is to celebrate 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 wins in your teams. Yeah.
1: I think with this particular team, when anytime you're going to have a creative team that isn't necessarily a part of like an in-person experience, that celebration factor is pivotal for all volunteer roles, but especially one that isn't necessarily like an in-person with a group of people, you're going to want to celebrate, celebrate, celebrate them. and uh, And they're behind the scenes, you know, like their work is going to be out in front of everyone, but most people won't know that it's their work. Yeah. Whereas if it's I'll put somebody on the worship team, you can see their face. You can see the work that they've done. You know who did that. If you're serving in, if you're holding babies in the nursery, I can see your face. I can thank you as a person, as a member of the church, but a photographer team or someone's writing blog posts for you that's mm-hmm. um, in the background. And so it's just a really important thing as their leader, as someone who's managing it, just to make sure that you're celebrating.
0: Yeah. And I would say, you know, that is, that's such a big part of like the actual training as well, because what, uh, who is it that said that was Andy Stanley or Greg, Craig Rochelle, one of those kind of guys, um, what gets praised gets repeated. Is that it?
1: It sounds good. That sounds really good. I like like it.
0: (laughs) What gets praised gets repeated. Um, it's, it's kind of the idea of obviously when you say this was good, this was a good job. People want to do more of that. And something we used to do in our Facebook group is when I got some good shots, I just share two or three and say, this photographer turned this in today. It was really awesome. Way to go. Some of their best shots. And that's a simple way to just praise Mm -hmm. your team. Um, You know, when you have somebody write a blog that's really great, you know, posting it on social media and then saying in your actual church's post, this blog post was written by tag the person we're really thankful they're on our team that's such a great moment of credit and 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 praise that people do not forget and it makes them go oh man that was cool i want to do another one you know like i really like writing for this for this team um if it's constant feedback you know and negative criticism or something like that it is going to be a struggle so so don't forget to praise and celebrate what's going on for
1: sure
0: in your team all right. So I, I think that's solid. Um, when you look at your blogger team and your, your, your social media team, obviously there's going to be things that are a little bit different for some of the stuff we talked about here. Like how do you get blogs turned in? I would, I bring people in like in WordPress, I make them a user. And then I, I assign them in our, um, project management tool. And I, I talk about them with the blogs that I've asked them, I'll assign them stuff to write in project management. And you know, they'll send me a Google doc or word doc or whatever they want to put in there and then I can I can drop it in myself or I just let them write in the back end of WordPress and give them permission to write posts and but not post the post. Mm. And then I go save in them edit. as
1: drafts and you publish them. Yeah, they just
0: save them as drafts and I go in and they just let me know it's done, you know, in the project yeah. management. And then I go in and look and I've got those ready to go and I can just format them right there. So whatever you want to do with blogging, it's, that's a little more complicated because the written word is a lot of, I don't know, it, it's, it's uh, it's kind of like asking somebody what their favorite kind of music is. You know, there's a little bit more to it when it comes to editing and it's a little more time consuming when it comes to editing because you got to actually think concepts and words and length and all those things you want. So make tone. sure you tone. Yeah. Uh, make sure you communicate those things. And with writing, there comes the extra little hurdle of theology, where a photo doesn't have theology most of the time. Um, but with writing, you may ask for them to write something about baptism and get something crazy back. <laughs> you, know, you never know. Well, there's
1: two ways to go through that blog thing, if we're going to talk about it for a second. There's two ways to go about that. One, you have them write as the church, and it's and it's written on behalf of, you mm-hmm. know, anywhere churches blog and or you have guest bloggers and you have them as the author yeah I personally prefer the latter I I like that people can use their own unique voice and yes. their own unique perspective I do too um and then it also communicate you know that also serves as like a little bit of a hey we have people that contribute to this team like you know other its own awareness factor for other writers yes um, and so I, I, I personally prefer the, you know, having them designating the author in the blog post itself.
0: I do too. But and to me, to me, it's another way of celebrating them. Like we said earlier, it's a yes. way of being able to tag them. Say this is our they team. Can
1: share it. I wrote this for my church.
0: Yeah, and and when you you do that for staff as well, and and I think that's a win. Mm-hmm. Um, and for blog teams, I would start with staff. Like find yes. staff members mm-hmm. because they officially do represent the church and will be. A little bit more sound theologically on some of those issues. And there may be things that you just don't assign volunteers to write because of what the nature of it is. Like if you had an assignment to talk about something that's one of your values, uh, maybe you should have a staff member do that unless you have a elder or somebody that's really knows it. You know, if it really... was
1: anything theological, I only ever had our, our teaching pastor.
0: Oh, really? Contribute
1: to that. Okay. Or I would write it and they would like put in the principles. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the weight of that on a volunteer member because that's a lot of pressure for them too. So
0: what kind of stuff did you have your volunteer team write though?
1: So they would write things like what their, what quiet time meant or Mm -hmm. how to read the Bible or how to approach, uh, how to have a difficult conversation or, um, Tell a story, testimony. Yeah. Yeah. Share their stories. A change that God, you know, had in their life or, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. Right. Stuff that wasn't necessarily like, what is a, what, like what is the importance of the resurrection? You know, I don't yeah. know. Like,
0: <laughs> I would have them write things that I would consider to be like, um, engagement pieces and testimony pieces. So I found, I saw that as a way to share, uh, what God is doing in our church and give our people a voice to talk about it. So if they had a story about their kid came home and, you know, they ask about Jesus and got to lead them to Christ. I was like, tell it. Let's find those stories. You know, I, feel, I I approached the blogger team kind of like I was a newspaper editor looking for the story of our church. And there's actually an old, old podcast that we did here with Alex Johnson that everybody can go back. I think it was like twenty in the twenties, you know, episode twenty something that you guys yeah, was a while back. But she was an ex-news news, news reporter, and so we talked about how to find stories in your church, and it's a really good episode. I'll link it in the show notes, but um, it's it's a really good re- uh, listen, and I kind of approached it that way. I took some of the things that she actually listened to the podcast again before I started the team to see what principles we needed, and that's how I approached it. But you're right. The theological stuff I gave to our like teaching pastor, or, um, our senior pastor never wrote anything, but um, I'd give it to like our creative pastor or kids ministry pastor, somebody like that, to write. Yeah. And when I talk about like parents, I'd involve the kids team or student team if I could. Um, You know, I wanted to write a blog and we we were in the middle of writing it right when I left the church, but it never got published. But it was a five things about technology parents need to know.
1: Yeah. Stuff like that is great for a volunteer blogging
0: team. Right. But I wanted the student team to really be involved in the editing of it and talk through like, that's not really what that's about, you know, because these are sometimes Mm. parents that are writing these blogs. And mm-hmm. so they're the audience, not the writer. So I'd have like either student team write it or a young person write it and then have our student team really vet it, you know, and make sure it's yeah. good. So there's a lot of things you can do with writing. And I think that's one of the primary ways that churches miss telling stories. You know, they don't, they think, nobody reads a blog. Man, that's like. A huge part of the internet, you know, an
1: absolutely (laughs) enormous part of people seeing your website. Huge
0: part of the internet, and having content that updates constantly that has that is rich with words is just great for search. It's great search material.
1: Love, 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 love to learn about what, who is Jesus? How Mm -hmm. do I have this difficult conversation with my kid? How do I talk about scary news with my with my child? Yep. Like. And the church should show up in that space. they're googling that stuff they're yeah. youtubing that spot that stuff, yep, so the instead of getting that from a uh, you know an expert over here, like let us be the expert, like let us show up in a space that people are already asking questions
0: mm-hmm. and, and you we've get into, got, go ahead, you get into my wheelhouse there of just finding what is that question that they're asking and answering it with a blog, yeah, what is the common question happening right now and And a lot of times I think we're afraid of that because those questions they're asking are either politicized or they're something we feel theologically incapable of addressing, um, which is why I think education is a huge part. It should be more important in the church. We should not fear it because we have to wade into those conversations. And a blog is a good way to do that if you're willing to do it. You will get negative on some of that stuff, but I mean, it's just, it's kind of a responsibility at this point.
1: Well, there's absolutely a way to approach these things without taking a side or bringing, you know, bringing political parties into it. Yes. How to have difficult conversations, how to be a good listener. Mm -hmm. Those are, you know, those are biblical principles that, um, you know, the rest of the world's talking about. They just leave Jesus out of it, Mm -hmm. which is like the most important part. But we, we can talk about those principles and talk about how Jesus fits into that.
0: Yeah. Um, I and I, you a, it's just
1: really important. We, we, we were there that we show up in that space.
0: Absolutely. And I, and as we go here, I'll, I'll just leave you with this. Here's some ideas for blogs that would be great. That are issues right now for parents, especially, um, how to talk to your kids who have just told you they are, they think they're by, mm, how do you talk one. to them about that? How to talk to your kids about how the social media, um, Algorithm can actually cause you to be extremely one-sided and biased and to be careful what you're putting in your mind when you're, when you're on social. Um, how about the extreme sinister nature of pornography and availability yeah. of it? Yeah. Blog on that stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Equip your parents to have those conversations with their kids because trust me, we're not ready. We are not ready. Parents are not ready for those conversations.
1: And how young that happens. Yeah. I think is shocking to most people. And so like, we should talk about that. For
0: reference, we, we, I live in Texas. It's a pretty conservative place. Um, we had to have conversations about homosexuality with our kids as early as fourth, uh, third grade. Third grade.
1: And third grade.
0: So, you know. Cause, I think
1: the average age is eight years old.
0: Yeah. And that may be around, around that time. So yeah, I think that's right. Um, And and it was just something a little simple. You know, uh, one of our kids came out of the bathroom with, um, you know, a person of the same sex and everybody made fun of them. Like, mm. like they were gay and they were like, well, what does that mean? And so we had to have that conversation with our kids.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's like something really simple like that, that, you know, kids hear everything their parents do and they go and they repeat mm-hmm. it, not knowing what they're doing. And then it causes, you know, to have to have these really stinking early conversations about sex with kids that have no idea what it even is. So you know, churches need to step in that space, man, because we need to help. We, parents need that kind of help. Anyway, so I think launching a blog team, getting a, a plethora of uh, voices involved, uh, voices that are young, voices that are old, voices that are of many different races and ethnicities, um, backgrounds, people that... And became a Christian as a kid became a Christian when they were 40 um, people that you know nearly died people that have never really done anything wrong in their life I mean those are all voices that need to be represented and blogs is a great way to capture that so find that blogger team I did the same thing with the Facebook group for photography I did another one for writers in our church and found some writers that's how I did it yeah
1: that's smart that's very smart.
0: So, all right, well, that'll do it for today. That is, uh, the episode. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and being here with us. We'll be back again. And if all goes well, we're going to start dropping one of these every week again. So I'm really excited about that. So if I'm committing, goes well. <laughs> I'm committing to it. I'm, I'm putting it out on the air so that it will commit and we'll do it. Uh, we'll be releasing an episode every week from here on out, hopefully. And, uh, you know, so let's Amen. watch for those and let uh, it be. So we make it. So, make um, it so. <laughs> we want to, and we want to help you with your communications at your church in every way possible. So we bring this to you for uh, as much as we can give our time to it because we recognize just how important being clear and being um, efficient and powerful with the message of the gospel is in your church. And you need all these things to do it in a digital age to do it well. So thank you guys for listening and uh, go, go check out the blog that I have at SethMuse.com And uh, also I'll do a shout out from Megan and uh, she works at church fuel as well. So go check out .com, Right? Love, love that place.
1: Churchfuel.com. Yeah. That's awesome
0: right. stuff there. Go check them out as well. And then of course, you know, go to churchcomteam.com if you need help with digital communications at your church. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.